Demir's Ambulances is one of the largest, most trusted ambulance design and manufacturers in the world, with a vision to build safe, reliable, and efficient emergency vehicles to assist paramedics in saving lives. Demir's manufactures Type 1, 2, and 3 emergency medical and fire ambulances that set the bar for quality, innovation, attention to detail, and rigorous testing. To find the Demir's Ambulance Dealer in your region, visit www.demirs-ambulances.com. Your partner on the road, every day, on every call. Is your fire department prepared to face challenges like the turbulent economy, recruiting and retention, and funding? Level up and get the training and strategies you need on the issues that matter most at WAVE 2023. Featuring ESO Training Academy on April 11th through the 14th, 2023 in Austin, Texas. ESO, a leading provider of fire RMS and EPCR software, brings together national industry leaders, quality training, and experienced fire and EMS professionals for a unique conference experience that will inspire you to drive change within your organization and prepare for 2023's challenges. For a limited time, our listeners can use the discount code FIRETRUCK to save $100 on a full four-day conference pass. Don't miss this opportunity to learn from some of the nation's top experts in emergency services. Visit ESOWave.com to register today. That's E-S-O-W-A-V-E dot com. See you in Austin on April 11th through the 14th, 2023. This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash flex7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Everyone's Favorite Talk Show, Everyone's Favorite Podcast. Everyone's favorite show to listen to while they are going to order food from takeout restaurants. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Larry Conley Radio Show. And, of course, uh, if you know anything about the show, you know that I am not Larry Conley. I am Dave Conley, which is it's actually uh, better but a different, uh, different show. So since we're here for the Larry Conley Radio Show, let me introduce you to our fearless leader. Ladies and gentlemen, some people call him uh, L-Dog. Some people call him uh, late for dinner, but I just call him my brother, our fearless leader. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands and a couple feet together for Deputy Chief of Training for Collinsville, Illinois Fire Department, Larry Conley. We're still saving up for that um, the, the audience <laughs> and clap track and all that. You know, mm. or the uh, GoFundMe is, uh, is up to two dollars and seventy-five cents. Two dollars. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're getting we're getting somewhere good. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> fundraising is not easy. To tell you the truth, you know, especially mm-hmm. the worthy causes like uh, 
sound effects for the Larry County Show. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> We're glad to be back after uh, another seven weeks off. We had a great um, show last time. Um, with our good friend Lena Carmichael, and now we're going to um, have a great show tonight as well. And uh, hey, um, <clears throat> we're a little over a month out for another family reunion in, in Indianapolis, uh, better known as FDIC. And man, I tell you, I can't wait. Looks like it gets here quicker every year. I guess I'm getting old. Remember when we were kids, David, uh, mom would say, uh, wait till next Christmas And it just seemed like wow That's like a long time That's 365 days away It's right. so right. long We'll never get right. our gifts We'll be too old by then <laughs> And then now that you get older You remember Christmas like it was yesterday You know so it's mm-hmm. crazy yeah. And then And sometimes I don't remember yesterday So what does that sound But anyway We're back uh, God willing We'll be back there toward the end, the end of April. Last week in April is FDIC. Um, our show, um, we're going to be teaching proven leadership habits for optimal personal performance. That's a mouthful, I know. But, hey, you'll be glad you came. And we're going to be doing that um, on the 27th of April at 3.30, from 3.30 to 5.15. And... Um, so come on out, check us out, look it up on the FDIC website. It's going to be a lot of great people there, a lot of great uh, presentations, and just going to be, um, as usual, a great time in Indianapolis. Uh, missing one major key piece, which is our dear friend um, Bobby Halton. So it's going to be weird That's how the new FDIC um, happens now without watching Bobby walked down the halls and kind of parked the Red Sea, yeah. and people want to take pictures, and he's doing his rock star stuff. And opening ceremonies yeah. can be different because we're usually used to the fiery rah-rah speech that gets everybody fired up, and they, everybody comes running out the auditorium like, yeah, let's do it! You know, and they run into classes and run into stuff and, and just come out fired up, ready to just, you know, uh, uh, maximize their experience at FDIC, so uh, I'm sure the great people, um, Diane Feldman and, and Chief David Rhodes, I'm sure they have a uh, a master plan that's going to be just as effective, just won't be the Bobby thing, but definitely be just as effective to making sure that it's worth your while coming out um, to, mm-hmm. to the big show. Um, 35,000 yeah. firefighters every year take over Indianapolis. I mean, you've never seen such a thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's, it's big banners taking over buildings with big, handsome pictures of firefighters and, and, and nice pictures of firefighters, men and women, just just mm-hmm. uh, de- displayed all over Indianapolis. And, and so we, we take over. I don't know, maybe NASCAR, maybe when they do the Indy 500, <laughs> is bigger. But I don't know anything bigger that comes to Indianapolis that shuts it down like we do. And opening ceremony, mm-hmm. you get the... You get the mayor there talking. You get the governor talking. You get um, Chief Ernest Malone talking. You get you get you just get the big wigs to come out on the stage and 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 and, and really fire things up and get us going. And we just take over downtown Indianapolis. So if you haven't never been before, it's a sight to see. It's a thing to experience. And even if you're not a firefighter, David's not a firefighter. He's, he's seen every mm-hmm. episode of Chicago Fire. But uh, he's yeah, not a firefighter. Uh, but even, but even, 
but even David gets excited. He's there like, wow, yeah. this is big, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, so I don't know any other profession. And I'm not going to name professionals because I don't want to get sued, but any other profession, <laughs> you just don't see a convention this big with this much yeah. uh, 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 happiness and bravado and, and it's just mm. all around bigness. You don't see it. You don't see it. You don't see it. You only see it at FDIC. So uh, come one, come all, bring your family, uh, uh, mortgage the house, leverage, uh, sell mm-hmm. the car, do what you got to do. Get to Indianapolis mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. last week in April and, and, and check out all the all the things. And then, not only that, don't just come and have a good time. No, that's just part of it. Come, take mm-hmm. as many classes as you can, learn stuff, and then FDIC is only as effective as you coming and then taking that stuff back to your department and then infecting your department with all the good stuff that you learned at FDIC, making a difference worldwide. Where did you learn this, FDIC? Guess what? Somebody else will want to come next year. Who knows? One day it might be 70,000 firefighters there. Who, who knows? But whatever it is, come on through, learn something, take it back to your department, uh, keep yourself safe. Uh, keep your department safe and do what it takes to make sure that uh, you bring out the best that you are in your career. And FDIC is definitely one of the best ways to do that. It's, it's, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I first started going. And I'm glad I go. I look every year, look forward to it every year. Um, I, I go to reconnect with my old friends and then make a bunch of new friends. And then uh, when people come to our classes or we go to other people's classes, uh, we take a note, they take a note. The um, the social hours are great because uh, everybody knows that some of the best deals are cut or over a, a libation. Some, you know, and make sure you get that deal cut early because the libations kick in too much. You won't remember the deals you cut. So write that stuff down. If you're having a beer, you're cutting the deal. <laughs> Uh, uh, cut write write the notes down early because once you get a couple mm-hmm. more beers, you might not remember it. You know, so write your stuff down early and and, and and have a good time. Every every restaurant downtown Indianapolis, they say you can't get in restaurant. A bunch of firemen and they're just you know um, just eating and having a good time. And uh, firefighters from all over the country, in some cases all over the world, we got firefighters just coming in and 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 really converging on this. It's, there's nothing else like it. So um, I was paid very well for this plug. No, I, no I'm not getting paid. No, but, but, but I am definitely speaking from the heart and saying that uh, FDIC is definitely a place to be. So, And some people just come up for a day or two. They come up for a couple of days. They see the exhibits they, uh, and things like that. Hey, if all you got time for or the budget for is just a couple of days, hey, do that. If it's a short drive for you like it is from us from um, St. Louis to, it takes us about three, three and a half hours to get there. I just jump on 70. I don't stop unless I got to pee. You know, I do that a lot the older I get. But, but past that, once I'm, once I'm, once I'm done, once I'm done, you know, at, at the love, at the love mm-hmm. stop and, and, and using the bathroom, I'm back on the road. Do 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 east to FDIC. That's where I do. You know, so 
Um, so come on out and have a great time, and uh, we're gonna uh, we'll see you in there. Now check us out. Tell us what you think of the show, and 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 um, let's connect and and um, get to know each other better. Um, yeah, you were rhyming. Did you realize you were rhyming? Did you realize you were rhyming? The place you were rhyming, the place to be is FDIC. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm a poet. I'm a poet, and I don't even know it. So this is moving on. Friday, Friday. Fire departments and structures conference. That is not the bank. It's not a bank convention. So, um, not federal mm-hmm. deposit insurance corporate. It ain't that. It's fire departments. It's a, not to be confused with a bank convention. This is not. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna spend some bank at FDIC. I guarantee you. Right, right, right. Uh, right. But, but, but it's not the bank thing. It's, it's definitely FDIC. So come on through FDIC 2023. See, I did it again. I wouldn't even try it. Well, see, I just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't help myself. Um, stop it. Then. <laughs> but, uh, but part of the reason that I'm excited about our guest tonight is because he's a he's an old friend. He's been on the show before, but he's going to be at FDIC this, this year as well. And he has to go, even if he didn't feel like going. He has to go this year because uh, our, our guest tonight is going to be one of the keynote speakers at FDIC, and, and so you're going to want to hear from him tonight and hear what he has to say. And I'm really excited about that because Missouri has been representing, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> uh, 2021, Dave and I um, did our keynote at FDIC. Very honored to be able to do it. Um, when you sit in the audience when you first start going and you kind of expire to maybe one day I can do that in the after. Af- actually happens and becomes a dream come true there's no other feeling like it and uh, and you're trying to explain it to maybe um, your friends who are thinking and have those same aspirations so uh, talking to our guest tonight when I was explaining to him and then he got chosen to uh, to speak then now he's going to be able to experience what David and I, David and I experienced um, back in 2021, so um, so we'll be talking to, to him tonight for for a minute. But before we get started, this just in, this just in. Um, there, if you know Uncle Larry, you know there are some things that are very very dear to me. Uh, uh, um, uh, one of them is cars. The other one is well, this is a family show, so I can't say that. But anyway, um, but there are some things that are very dear to me. Uh, and and one of the things that is is um, the, the volunteer stuff that um, that I've been doing for over 20 years now, and it's a little thing called Midwest Children's Burn Camp, and we're part of a huge network of burn camps throughout the country, um, in some cases around the world, and we've uh, it's the thing I've been doing for going on my 21st year now, and burn camp was one of those kind of things I was going to do. Initially, it's a camp for burn injured children ages 6 to 17. And uh, I was just going to do it one year because I'm not really a camp person. You know, I like concrete, vacant lots, gunshots. <laughs> I like I love the whole mm-hmm. urban experience. You know. That's me. Right, Small right. uh, uh, trees, you know. Uh, I love all that. But mm-hmm. camp can be kind of creepy. You know, it's like you guys out in the woods, <laughs> strange noises, silence, and you just don't Jason, know what, what yeah. was that. 
What was yeah? What was that? Yeah, right. What was that? Looking at me over in the woods with the eyes lighting up. What was that? You know. So uh, so. Mm-hmm. But what I did like is I was gonna do camp one year, and I went and I did one year twenty times. So now, uh, so mm-hmm. since then I've been the camp director at Midwest Children's Burn Camp. It's been a great experience. It's not only transformative for our campers, it's transformative for me as well. And um, so with all that being said, um, there's always, um, uh, uh, you know, something that just like I cut out that time every year for FTIC, I cut out that time in August, the first week in August for um, burn camp every year, no matter what's going on. I'm going to camp. Some major has to happen. I've just been blessed and lucky enough to be able to come every year consistently without any kind of stuff. Before, see, when I first started coming to camp, I didn't get AARP stuff in the mail. Now I do. That's how long I've been going to camp. So, so it's been a long, been a long time. Yeah, so, so, uh, but, uh, but the, the great thing about camp is, we, we've always done fundraisers for camp because no child pays for camp. This mm-hmm. camp is, is free, but camp ain't free, if you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's free for the child, but it's not free to put on. These camp, uh, camps need to be paid, for real. You know, transportation need to be paid. They would, they would like to do it for free, but they just can't. It just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. So the camp has to be paid for. Transportation has to be paid for. You know, meals, uh, um, all kind of incidentals to support camp. So that can go on the upwards of about seventy thousand dollars is, is, is for sending um, all the children to camp. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no one pays for camp, and we're really trying to keep it that way. And of course, you know, fundraising would be a challenge depending on what the economics are or whatever is going on. So we always find ourselves having some definitely. Um, um, donors who are very uh, reliable and spot on, but there's always, you know, always in the need to um, have our, you know, more donations to kind of guarantee that no child ever has to pay. See, when you go to a doctor, you might pay insurance, but they always want that copay. And we're trying to make sure that our campers never have to pay a copay to go to camp. Like, I want to come to camp, but camp going to cost $70,000. But, hey, if you got $5, mm-hmm. kid, you can help us out, you know. We don't ever want to do that to our campus to come to camp. They got enough to deal with, and our burn survivors are um, outstanding individuals. If you ever get to visit a burn camp in your area, please go check it out because they've overcame a lot in, in a lot of things that they're dealing with with their scars, and our job is always to try to really tap into that, that, that personal leader inside of them um, tap into the character inside, tap into the gift that's inside, and we let them know your gift is inside. The outside is just a wrapper, but their gift inside. So I, I asked, I was talking to two people who are instrumental in our camp, and they're both are great people. Um, my, one of my favorite people at camp for years has been uh, Rachel. She's our camp nurse. We call her Rocky. And Rachel, I mean, we... Uh, <laughs> Rachel and I have had a wonderful relationship over the years And the weird thing about Rachel and I is that We see things a lot of times different uh, We call we, People who teach us call me the head And call her the heart 
because I'll be logically thinking through stuff, and then she'll like, but you have to really consider the empathy of this, and then I'm like, ain't no empathy, girl. Come on, let's get the job done. So, so we, her and I have had some great, great lengthy conversations, and some of them have been, you know, like, you know, where we in disagree, but we always end up circling back to meeting in the middle to where our love for the camp, the mission, and our children are first and foremost. And we we do whatever we can to make sure that at the end of the day, we we have the best service for the kids, no matter what our stance is on things. And then also, um, one of our most solid um, um, camp counselors is Jake Colleen. And Jake, man, I mean, if, if I was to come back and reincarnate, I'd want to be Jake because this dude is just, you know, he's a, he's a lean, he's a lean, mean, sexy camping machine. I mean, he just, he just if you see Jake, you see Jake with his shirt off. I don't want to get into that. This is a just a family show. But Jake, Jake is just you know he's he's just that guy. You know, you know you see people and he don't even say much. He just kind of look at the kids. They be like, okay, Jake. We you know he don't even have to say nothing to him. He just give him a look. You know, but but Jake is uh, Jake is really uh, one of our most solid. He's a St. Louis City firefighter, so we fall a few fires together. And uh, but just a really solid uh, person himself, and always. Pushing and challenging himself, you know. He'd be like, "What you been up to, Jake? Uh, I just ran down to Alabama and back. You know what you've been doing today? Oh, damn, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching soap opera. Mm. You know, I'm sorry. You know, mm. I'm sorry. I didn't measure up, Jake. You know, my, you know, my mistake, Jake. You know, so Man, it was a bunch, but, mm. yeah, but Jake, but Jake is just a solid person. So what him and Rachel have come up with is a fundraiser that they want to talk about tonight, and. I mean, man. I mean, the, what they have to do to get this, this, um, the, to reach their goal with this um, fundraiser, that's really pushing them, pushing both of them. And as tough as Jake is, this, this got to be a challenge. When I heard about what they're doing, so they're going to have a fundraiser coming up next month. Rachel has all the details since they put it together. So for our first segment, I'm going to let Rachel and Jake take it away and talk about um, um, the what, why, and how, and, and the where, and hopefully, especially you people who are local, want to come out and help support. So, Rachel, Jake, are you guys still on? Yeah. Thanks for having us, do you, Larry. Do, 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 do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as you beautifully introduced us, I'm Rocky. I'm the camp nurse practitioner, and I've been a part of camp for 15, I don't know, 14 years maybe this year. Um, and we're essentially hiking the vertical equivalence of Mount Everest, so 29,000 feet in 36 hours um, in September, and we're trying to raise $70,000 for camp. Um, camp costs $2,500 a kid to go to camp each year. Um, so we're trying to raise 70000 and we're doing that. Essentially, we decided we didn't want to sit back and just assume that camp was going to ha- be happen. We love volunteering at camp, but we wanted to do more this year. And so we kind of tied in, um, I don't know, we decided to do this crazy thing and hike the vertical equivalent of Mount Everest to raise that money. And so we're having an event in April, April 15th in St. Louis with bourbon, mixed drinks and wine and beer, um, cigars outside by the campfire, live music. It's going to be really nice. Um, And so we would love for anyone to come in St. Louis. Um, and if anyone wants to donate listening not in St. Louis, um, you can easily do that 
go to Burns Recovered page and then essentially donate to Summit for 70 or, um, I mean, I guess that's the easiest way. Or Uncle Larry, if you want to transfer people to me, they can always, I can always share more information. Also, if people want to donate, we're having a raffle to a week-long vacation in Big Bear, California, plus airfare, and we're only selling 200 tickets. The chances to win that are really good, and that all goes to camp, too. Great. Uh, Jake, you got anything? I told you, Jake, was the quiet one. You got anything to say, Jake? No, Rachel, Rachel did a beautiful job of saying everything needed to be said. Okay, Jake, take it away. <laughs> Jake, you're right, Jake. Said, I'll, I'll let my I'll let my feet do the walking, do the talking. Yeah. That's right. right. <laughs> so when Rachel I'm like again dying, is when I'm dying right. in the mountains, like Jake will exactly. take better <laughs> Come on, you can do it, old friend. Let's do it. Let's do it for the kids. You can do it. That's right. <laughs> uh, right. Um, so um, so it, the event again is what date? It's April fifteenth. And where? In St. Louis at Strathalbyn. Um, it's it's you know ten minutes out of the city. It's in Weldon Springs. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's going to be a really fun event. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say they're really excited. It's not just another gala to raise money. It's it's going to be a really unique, awesome event, right. um, mm-hmm. and for a good cause. Cool. And you um, and they want to get in touch with you or. The website or a phone number or something that would be what? Yeah, my phone, my cell phone is five seven three nine 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 two seven one six. Or if they go to the BRSG page, so www.brsg.org, then you can go to Summit for seventy or our event on April fifteenth. And either way, you can get more information. But also, they can feel free to call or text me anytime. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then. Um, and what and for people who are out of town, because uh, Rachel, I don't know if you know, but you're talking to an international audience. There are people in Tanzania right now listening worldwide, to the show. Baby. We just we're worldwide. Okay. That's how we get down. So if they just want to make a donation because they can't get to St. Louis. Uh, could they just make a donation to the cause as well? I would love that. It would make a humongous difference. Absolutely. Um, if they go to the BRSU website um, on the events page, you can see Summit for Seventy Fundraiser. And then you can just easily donate there, or they can text me and I can send them a link. But, yeah, it's pretty easy to donate on the page going to Summit for 70. Okay, great. Anything else you want to say about it? No, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, I would love to have anyone out there. Oh, the only other thing is, yeah, we have a – so the tickets are 250 um, and we're almost – we're more than halfway sold out. But um, there's a – a hero code for any firefighters or nurses, and they can buy a table using the code or whatever, and it's golden hero, no spaces, um, and that's for only $125 a ticket. Okay. And also, yeah, I would say, Go ahead. If, there, if there are any firefighters that want to come and can't afford that, let me know, and we can try to work something out. Okay, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, um... You know, everybody don't get paid like how they do. No, I'm just playing. You know, Jake, we used to work in Ladon. You know, where we worked, you know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but no, but seriously, uh, uh, yeah, come on out, check it out. And all of your efforts and all of your donations and everything goes to sending a burned, injured child to camp for free. 
and that's huge. Mm-hmm. And Rachel, Rachel, like she said, she's been there for 14 years. Uh, Rachel, I thought she was only 14. No, but anyway, Rachel's been there 14 mm-hmm. years, and 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 Rachel and I, will, and Jake too, we can all bear witness that camp definitely makes a difference. And I've been there long enough to see kids grow up to grown folks, and now these grown folks are productive adults based on a lot of principles that they've learned at camp. They're grown, they have children, they live in, they're living their life. I don't even want to say normal life. They're just living life um, despite their burn injuries. But a lot of stuff that they take away, God, the takeaways from camp has helped them become successful adults. So we, don't, we do make a difference in, 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 these, in these burned injured children. And the great What's thing the about it, such a great family, the, the burned injured children, uh, the grown folks come back and then also help. So we got a number of of of, of, of um, campers who you know were former campers that are grown now, and they come back and they're counselors now. So it's a, it's a great it's a great organization. I always have been and always will be. I'm just glad that uh, Rachel and, and and Jake are uh, stepping up. You see what I did there. Anyway, they're stepping up for the cause, you know, and, uh, and uh, it's going to be a lot of stepping up by the time they do. So mm-hmm. they should get back in. Yeah, that's, that's right. a lot. So you go, girl. So anyway, I'm proud of you guys, and I appreciate you, and I'm, I'm really glad to be um, associated with you guys doing um, great things because you don't have to do it. I mean, y'all, I, I was trying to figure out what I could do to match that. I don't know. It, it, nothing sounds appealing, <laughs> so I'll figure something out. But geez, don't you know, talk too long. We'll drag you along up the mountain. Yeah, I know you'd be dragging me up the mountain. Like, hey, you know, be like, uh, 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 so I'm trying to think of a witty thing, something in the phrase, you know. So you know, <laughs> so, 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 uh, mm. but anyway, no, but just uh, uh, please uh, get your support out to the organization. Get your support for Summit to Seventy so we can reach this, reach this goal. And then what we want to do, maybe, Rachel and Jake, is after you guys achieve the goal of Summit to 70 and, and we, we raise that 70 grand and uh, you guys are back and, you know, you can be soaking your feet and call us on the phone and we can talk about your adventure. And, uh, oh, that'd how, be awesome. How, and how, that, um, how you have to really dig into your personal leadership to, uh, to, uh, to make that happen. So... Uh, so, yeah, let's have you guys back after we're done. So this is the prequel, and then after that, after that, we just kind of have a post-show on how well things went. So but we'll that would be awesome you guys coming that. on the show. That would be awesome. Yeah. We hope allow some of the kids to really offer any to the, of the kids to write a wish or a fear or a hope or anything that will mm-hmm. take up the mountain with us. Um, so they will mm-hmm. be on our summit with us. So it, it should be an awesome next, you know, whatever, six months to raise this money and do it for the kids right. and see it through. Mm-hmm. So we would love that. Okay. We appreciate you, Rachel and Jake, and thank you. Thanks for doing it, and um, thanks for uh, just adding another element of, of being able to help our burn into children. So uh, you heard it here, folks, so give them a call and um, reach out uh, with the website that she gave you and the phone number she gave you, and uh, let's make it happen. We'll talk to you guys after you come back down from the mountain. So. All right. Thanks, Larry. All right. What's the name of the judge? Huh? 
That's the website. The website is uh, B as in Burns, R as in Recovered, S as in Support, G as in Group. So brsg.org. Okay. And if, Thank you. If you go to if you go to events, then you will see go scroll down and see Summit for seventy or the next event is the April 15th event and you can register for both on there and again the code for the firefighters are is golden hero when you're registering but you can always text me the information to or you know any questions thank you yeah of course all right thank all thank right. you guys appreciate thank you. it all right thank you all right talk to you later all right <clears throat> all right so summit for seven check it out and uh we appreciate your support as an organization. Um, now, we're going to move on to our featured guests. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know them, you love them. The assistant <laughs> chief of Kirkwood Fire, Missouri Fire Department. He's also the first mm-hmm. vice president of the International Society for Fire Service Instructors. Better known as Isophysize, you got to say it very fast unless you mess them letters up. Uh, he's also president of the St. Louis Training Office Association, uh, a very good friend of mine. Uh, we, we tease and talk to each other all the time, but when it comes to getting down to business, we, we got each other's back um, like no other, and I'm proud to call him a friend of mine and uh, a consummate professional. Uh, Brian, he doesn't know, but even though I'm older than him, I look at him for a lot of the template on things I try to be successful with. Because I was like, if Brian can do it, I can do it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still working toward, uh, you know, building my my pedigree uh, just as well as he is. But very, very, um, you know, sometimes you meet people and they're, they're very calculating, but they're sticking in the mud. You're like, well, you're no fun. And then sometimes you meet people who are extremely fun, but they have don't have a lot of substance to them. But I'm glad to say that when I think about Brian Sykes, um, Brian has a great mixture of both. He's very funny, very witty, um, but also when it comes to getting ready to take care of business, he does that like no other. And um, so I love that balance in him. And I think that's what's always been an attractive quality to him for me personally. But um, we're going to talk about tonight his uh, keynote speech. He's going to reveal what he wants on that. And um, uh, Dave and I have had a little peekaboo into it to, um, you know, help bounce ideas. And um, so it looks good. It looks ready to go according to what we think and uh, if that means anything. And then, of course, Brian is going to be teaching this class up there um, at FDIC this year, so we're going to learn what that's about and what days you can check that out. And then um, and then we'll be talking about some ISFSI stuff since he's deeply involved in that and see what the ISFSI will be doing to burn cancer, not burn cancer, FDIC this year. ISFSI, if you want to donate to burn cap, you can, you know. So, baby, <laughs> what can ISFSI, what they're doing this year at FDIC, and um, because they're always doing something, Great, and you, or if you're an aspiring instructor, or you're already instructor and and want to do it better, or you want some great networking and some great uh, um, association, um, the ISFSI is where it's at. I've been a member for a number of years now. I was on the board at, at one time, 
And uh, it's just a great organization. It's opened a lot of doors for me in my career and um, has made me the instructor I am today. But um, anyway, without further ado, because we want to get you off this, get everybody <laughs> out of here before midnight, um, we're going to uh, now yeah. talk to our buddy, uh, your friend, my friend, the assistant chief of Kirkwood Fire Department, Brian yeah. Sykes. Brian, he's still on. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Great. I was, uh, I was actually looking up the uh, the bourbon event that the uh, burn camp's going to have out uh, close to my house. It looks like a fun time, and uh, definitely encourage anybody that's uh, going to be in and around St. Louis that weekend of April 15th to check it out. It sounds like a sounds like a nice event and uh, for a great cause. So, you know, get your tickets now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate right. that. Yeah. And then, oh, I forget Rachel's still on. You know what I was going to answer, Rachel, real quick before we get uh, – mention something real quick about the uh, – the, the golf tournament because Brian likes golf. So I'm oh, about the golf yeah. tournament real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we have an awesome <laughs> we have an awesome golf tournament, um, also in Saint Louis. <laughs> it's now I don't even know. Multiple years May 1st. going. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's May first and it's at Norwood and we've sold out every single year and so this year we doubled the amount of teams and we're well on our way to selling that out. Um, it's a really fun time. There's a bunch of awesome stuff at each different hole, including the volunteers uh, sort of leading the holes. But um, it should be also a really fun event. And you can find that event also on our BRSG page. It's a few events down from the Summit for 70, and then there's the April event, and then the golf tournament. So that should be fun, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, golf tournament is always a great time, and, they make it fun. I mean, every year is more creative and more and more creative. I don't know who who works in the in the creative department, but whoever is doing it is doing a great job because it's we got cigars and we got it's just all kind of crazy stuff. So anyway, if you want to have a great time um, on a, on a, and it's on a Monday, right? On Monday, May first, uh, come on through and check it out. But uh, anyway, this this next segment is dedicated to. Um, Brian's site. So, how you been doing, brother? What's going on? Good, good. I'm getting uh, getting excited, getting nervous. Uh, a little over a month away from FPIC. Like you said earlier, it's going to be a different feel. Obviously, with uh, Chief Hall not there, um, right. and I'm sure it'll be you know some sombering. Uh, I think it'll be a mix, right? Somber, laughs, cries, and uh, just a uh, just a different feel to it. And uh, so, but you know. Like uh, like he would want us to do, he would want us to carry on and uh, carry on his vision and mission of what FPIC is, which is the best fire training conference uh, in the world. So we got it's our job now to take that legacy and continue it. So, mm-hmm. so tell me how you felt when you got the call because I know me and David was like, "What do you want us mm-hmm. to do? What?" <laughs> so, right. Uh, so uh, so tell tell us walk us through that whole thing of you got the call. You gotta do. You gonna do the keynote and, and and what you thought as he hung up and 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 what was your processing and you know and, and kind of you know what, what were you thinking along the lines of what you, what was you gonna talk about? Well, yeah, it's kind of it was it was weird. Uh, we were doing one of those uh, hump day hangouts for fire engineering for ISFSI, and so uh, before the show started, you know, you guys have done those, so um, you know, everybody's on and kind of talking about the topic and. You know, me, I'm just writing my notes out of what I want to kind of talk about and the highlights and those sort of things. And uh, we're getting going, and, and Chief Hall is talking about FDIC. And 
So he's like, yeah, you know, this year I got some great speakers and some keynotes for lineup for next year. And, you know, that one guy's got two Z's in his last name. And I'm like, oh, you know, just back <laughs> away, you know, not paying attention. And he goes, it's that, it's that Brian Zeitz guy. And I look up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, ha, ha. And uh, he goes, no, serious, you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So uh, we go through the whole, you know, hump day hangout, me assuming the whole time he's just messing with me, right? Because why would Brian Zeitz with all these – phenomenal candidates that are, you know, eligible out there and great speakers and, and well-known authors. And why I even have a chance at this thing. So uh, we wrap up the uh, Humpty Hangout and, uh, <laughs> you know, his comment is like, so what do you think about that? As we're wrapped up, I'm like, I, I don't even know what to talk about. Like, are we talking about Humpty Hangout still? Are we talking about the joke you're playing on me? What, what are we doing here? And so I said, yeah, pretty funny. He goes, no, really? He goes, uh, think about what you're going to say. you got 20 minutes to make an impact. And so um, call in, whatever, right? And so, uh, so of course, I'm at work. You know, uh, you know, it was a lunch hour. I did this Humpty Hangout, and I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm kind of in awe. I'm like, what's going on here? Tell my, uh, tell my boss, Silvernail, uh, Fire Chief Silvernail there, Jim, uh, you know, friend of all of ours. And uh, he's like, really? And I'm like, I don't think it's real. I said, I, I'm, I'm sure he's messing with me, right? So, like, you know, funny joke, haha, I'm waiting for the text from him or whatever, that, hey, you know, it's pretty funny, you know, here's, you know, it's good. This is the guy that's really doing it in 23. <laughs> you know, okay, cool. So um, I'm driving home that afternoon, and uh, I call him on his cell phone. I'm like, hey, Bobby, how you doing? Brian, hey, Bobby, how's it going? I said, yeah. I said, hey, pretty funny. You pulled that joke on me. And he goes, what joke? And I said, oh, this, you know, keynote thing at FDIC. And he goes, no joke, man. He goes, you're doing it. He goes, I couldn't think of a better guy to do it. He goes, uh, you're the guy I want, and uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said it if I didn't. I said, okay. So that's when he kind of said home for me, like, holy cow, this is for real. And um, so <laughs> – you know, at that point, it was kind of like, wow, you know, this is, you know, uh, you know, then everything starts flashing, right? So, like, you know, you go back to your first FDIC that you taught at. I bombed it, uh, you know, quite honestly. Like, you know, it just, it was not a good, it was not a good performance. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't prepared. I thought I was prepared. I thought I was more uh, ready than I was and uh, took for granted some things. And, you know, it, it, you know, I equated to like, hey, I've been playing high school football and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden I got called to the pros and I never had anything in between. And so when mm. that happened, uh, and I had a friend of mine, Becky White, who uh, at the time was uh, pretty good friends with, with Chief Altman and, and, you know, went and said, hey, this guy's got a lot of passion. He might not have had a great performance, but I can tell you he's going to be good. And so uh, she went up to talk to him and uh, I came back the second year and, uh, and the rest is history, right? So, you know, when they say you don't get a second chance, sometimes you don't, sometimes you do. Uh, but if you do get a second chance like I did at FDIC and, and, and some of the other stuff, man, don't bomb it. And so, uh, you know, the rest is history, as I like to say. And, you know, from, from a guy sitting in that audience, you know, 12 years ago, um, taking classes up at FDIC and still taking classes at FDIC. And then, you know, about nine years ago, uh, teaching my first class at FDIC till now, keynote, you know, speech in and keynote at it, um, you know, quite a ride, right? So, uh, never in a million years. It was a humbling experience to ever, you know, just walk through the doors and, as a speaker at FDIC, much less uh, up on that big stage. So looking forward to it, excited, nervous, um, been working on this speech. It's kind of funny. I was I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, yeah, I'm really looking, really getting excited about the speech. And they're like, you're not having a speech. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, don't think of it as a speech. Think of it as a conversation. You're having a conversation with mm-hmm. 4,000 of your closest friends. And it really, at that mm-hmm. point in time, it really it resonated with me that, like, i got to change this. And so I um, changed a lot of the verbiage, changed some of the tone, um, because I really, you know, like you guys have always told me from your guys in 1 in 21 was, 
you know, you want to leave an impact. You just don't want to remember your words. You want to remember your message. And so right. if you're conversing with somebody, you know, as, as, a, con- as a conversationalist, um, that's going to be more impactful. So I, I went through, changed some things, put more stories in, and uh, and really that's what it is, right? It's a it's a story about kind of, you know, lack of better terms, me, right? So, you know, I, I kind of go through as a young kid, started the fire service that was trying to look for a start and to where I'm now mm-hmm. and kind of what I – kind of figure is the keys to success, if you will, or at least what's led me down a pathway of, of a pretty good life uh, that I can provide for myself and my family. Uh, and then the fire service, you know, being able to uh, make that proverbial impact and, and you know, and try to make it a little better. So when I retire, people are like, man, thank God that guy's gone uh, versus, wow, that guy's gone. We miss him, but he, he, he left a good impact. You know, he made the fire service a little bit better than, than he found it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there, and and I think people like Bobby recognize, you know, passion and dedication to it. And I'm not saying that <clears throat> that makes us any better than anybody else because there are a thousand keynotes out there ready to go. If if FDIC wanted to say to themselves, you know what, who's going to do this? You know, are we are we ready for a deep bench of keynotes coming up? They they really are. I mean, because there there's a deep bench of great instructors. There's a deep bench of instructors right now that don't even know that they're going to be two years, three years, five years from now making some impact on the fire service through the instructors conference like that. And that's what's so uh, great about our business is that uh, there's a deep bench of, of knowledge and things that are going to make us do our job better and save lives. And and, 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 and I love that because there are some people I had never heard of. Uh, and I studied a lot of people when I first, before I even came to FDIC through books and periodicals and stuff like that before the internet. Uh, kids, there was a time before the internet that there was no internet. Right, there was right. magazines, you know. <laughs> but, but I studied, you know, the periodicals, <laughs> magazines, and books and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, and, and since then, the there have been people that have been born and have came, they saw, they conquered, and have made the difference in our business. So uh, so there's a deep bench, and uh, so I'm just proud to be uh, part of that process, and I know you feel the same way. Uh, when you were writing your speech, and I know that you, or it's going to be perfect because you're kind of a perfectionist anyway, um, is there any parts of it you want to kind of reveal or, or, or not? I don't want to be like that nosy reporter like, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you said, Brian, but uh, <laughs> you can give us just a snippet of what you're going to be talking about, you know, so if you want to kind of give us a gift, or if not, we can move on to the next subject, like, you know, uh, uh, no. I don't know, you know, we your favorite deodorant or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wait, you know, and, and, and I thought about it for a long time, right, because, you know, when it first happened, you know, like I said, you know, it's kind of like, wow, what do you, you know, 20 minutes, it's, and 20 minutes seems like an eternity, um, and you could probably already tell I, I talk pretty fast, so my one thing I've been really working on is slowing that down so that people actually can hear me and understand me. Um, they get excited. I, like you said, I got that passion, and my passion causes excitement, and that excitement causes my speech to, to, to speed up. So 
Um, mm-hmm. How that'll go? How how that'll go on April twenty seventh? Who knows, right? Anything's possible. But uh, right, right. in terms of the actual the, the speech and everything like that, um, you know, I I, I it's I, I want to say it's more of a a journey, more of a, a tour, uh, more of a, a walk with me, um, and some of the things that I've experienced through my life, through my career, some of the people that have made an impact on me, and then some of the lessons that I've learned along the way. Um, that I just want to share, uh, and I, you know, and, and at the end of it, um, hopefully it, it leads to a, a culmination of ideas that, you know, through through some geometry, how about that? Um, there you, you go. Know, that maybe maybe it, maybe it provides some uh, some foundational blocks for you to to you know follow and and, and take it take uh, take advantage from, um, and that's that's the goal, right? I want to I want to go through it have a few laughs along the way, but at the end of it say, Hey, you know, maybe some of that doesn't apply to me, but maybe that one part does. And I can, I can learn from that and, uh, or start doing mm-hmm. that. You know, um, you know, one thing I really thought about when I wrote this, when I wrote this was, you know, one, and, and uh, you know, one part that's, that really sticks with me is, is that firefighting is a team sport. We all agree to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in the fire service, we team we tend to think of our team players as other firefighters, and uh, and our and to your point of the bench, our bench has got to be wider than firefighters. It's got to include our family and our friends and some other things. And so I talk about that in my in my in my conversation with the audience about you know expand your bench and expand your team uh, because you're going to need to if you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I like that you said that you know in the preview it's gonna have a mixture because you don't want to pe- put people to sleep, but you don't want to be so funny that you don't have any substance to it. So it's kind of like you got a great formula in making sure that it's gonna be impactful, you know. So, um, so and I didn't I'm, have I'm really the benefit of a TV that. producer, right? So I mean, I didn't yeah, have yeah. that going for me, you know. <laughs> so you know, I'm already behind. Whatever, the, I'm already whatever, behind the curve. Whatever do you mean, chief? Whatever do you mean? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just like right. I have to know a guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Brian. Yes, ma'am. You're naturally impactful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And be more impactful you, you, if you had a couple you make, of sandwiches. You, you make a lady one sandwich and now look at you. Right, know. right, right. Man, yeah. that's all it takes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Now, what I want to tell you, Brian, is uh, this me talking, giving, giving advice from a guy who who's been through it, and uh, this may be an expert in it, but just uh, just talking from experience. David had to coach me into you know, understanding that it's a production, and I lean more toward of the informal when we do our leadership program grew, even though we have to cover different things for teaching points and, and, and making sure that we get our objectives out there. It's still done more, like you said, in a conversational, informal type of um, environment. Um, so it's easy. So even if you goof up, you can kind of backtrack people, laugh at you, and you can carry. So I was so used to that, that style of delivery that when it came to this, it was unnerving to me because David was like, no, like Mr. Miyagi. Again, you were like, you know, but you stop it already, you know, and, uh, because because I had to match my informal 
habits along with formal big stage habits mm-hmm. and deliver it in a way that people felt like it was a conversation, but it was part of a big production. For instance, you're going to have to practice in the green room and you got to be ready to um, uh, understand the nuances of a teleprompter and, and you know, the, the little X's on the stage and, and looking out into the audience and, and you know, it's, it's a lot of technical stuff that I didn't realize. And David knows just because this is David's business, it's his expertise, you know. And um, mm-hmm. that's all I just wanted to say is that uh, don't be discouraged or overwhelmed by that. Not that you're not going to do it. I'm just saying that for me personally, it was a little overwhelming because when I was trying to be me, David said, yeah, I need you to be you. But I need you to act like you, but not really be you, because you need to deliver this way in order for it to come across that way. If you understand what I'm saying, no, I don't understand what you're saying. But nonetheless, you know, we were able to pull it off, and uh, and, and and because you know, uh, I had to understand that. And, and even Bobby had said that before when we were initially talking about it, and he was saying. Utilize every tool because every tool is what makes the production look like it does. They know they got the lights up, they got the teleprompter, they got the mm-hmm. introduction, they got all of that, all those moving parts. It, it is a real. It's not like a real production. It's a real production. And if mm-hmm. you get up there and kind of try mm-hmm. to treat it like you're talking to people in the classroom, you're not going to be as effective as you can be. You know. And even watching it after, I, I see a lot of like stuff. I I wish I would have done have done different, uh, based on that advice, you know. But it, you know, it's just a lot to take on in the short amount. Of, but uh, but you'll be all right with it. But just take advantage of it because he had told me about instructors in the past. We're like, yeah, Bob, uh, Bobby, you don't take all that, you know. Then got up there and like, damn, you know, it does take all that, you know. So. <laughs> So, uh, David, you want to kind of speak on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, you're a charismatic guy, you know, uh, naturally anyway, and that's a good thing. Um, But to Larry's point, it's more about you being on stage and being that uh, charismatic guy to the guy in the back of the room. And in order for you to do that, even though they have image magnification, et cetera, um, you just you got to make sure that you are are presenting it as well as you know talking and, and doing you know your your the words that you created in order to go down a certain logical path that you know gets them um, to the message that you want and to leave with whatever the feeling is that you're trying to get them to feel at the end of it. That's that's it's all you know, with calculated, which I'm sure you've done, you know, in the speech that you've written, but then when you're presenting it, like you said, when you're just having that conversation, you and I sitting in a room talking, it has a certain energy that it's gotta that's gotta be amplified, you know, once you're once you're on the stage and, and that's the <clears throat> that's the bigger thing. But like I said, I think if you just basically let that charisma just go full out, you'll and you'll be good. And the other thing that you got to kind of remember to do, which I think Larry did well, 
is to remember to just kind of have a good time when you're there. you got to enjoy that particular moment, you know what I mean, um, because it doesn't come around all the time. So no, if you no. get up there and, and then freak out, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you get up there and freak out there in that moment, you you ruin it. Not not so much for the audience, uh, even though you do it for them too, but even for yourself and their message. But the, you know, let all of that wash over you. It's a, they got a top notch team that'll take care of you. Those guys are uh, ladies and, and guys are they are the best. I mean, I've 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 worked with some people and these guys are really really good. And so. Um, I, you know you're gonna you're gonna be in really good hands, but I think you know you just got to make sure that you are you don't you you are balanced that you are the Brian Zeitz that you know everybody knows and loves you know everything from strip malls to strip clubs. But anyway, that, I won't get too personal with you. Um, but yeah, but but uh, but no, but seriously, that you also though are. Um, or the, the bringer of this particular message that you're trying to trying to bring, and if you get too into the personality, the message gets lost. If you get too into the message, the message can't be properly delivered because the personality that's the conduit for it gets lost too. So you gotta, you know, make, like I said, make sure you have that balance or whatever. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I think you're gonna be fantastic. You know. I appreciate it. You guys have been uh, very supportive along the way, so uh, hopefully don't let you guys down. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. are. You are if, you, if you see me get up and walk out like I did on last week, I'm just Yeah, 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 yeah. See us both get up and throw the finger up like we leave at church. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, out of here. You messed, you messed up. Right? Yeah. We, don't know, uh, we don't know this guy. You know, it's just right, exactly. exactly. You know, we know Zeitz. We don't know who this guy is. You know, so. Right, right. But no, uh, but you'll be you'll be all right. We'll be front and center. We won't make faces and all that kind of stuff. We'll get we'll, we'll right. into the message, you know, um, and give what you the same support you gave us. What you say, Lane? What are some of the keys that you would want us to take note of? Uh, you know, I think yeah, I think throughout the speech, you just you know note that you know some of the stories of how they you know, maybe correlate to you in your life, you know, how is, uh, and, and then, you know, some of the, uh, towards the middle and the end, um, how some of the, um, you know, key elements um, can apply to your daily actions as a firefighter. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without giving too much away, you know. Well, okay, that didn't work. We, we figured we sent Elaine in. Um, yeah, 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 so you're also going to be teaching up there this year. Maybe you yep. can get in. Now, I know you can get into that because we got to get yes, people to come to the class. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. It's a so, <laughs> no, so the class I'm doing this year is uh, it's building the aggressive fire company. And, you know, it's one of those, it's a pet peeve but a pet project, which sounds kind of counterintuitive. But um, <laughs> the word aggressive has been in the fire service in the past probably 
five, eight, maybe even ten years, been been just thrown around. And so, uh, anybody, you know, you you go to, you know, you, Larry, you're up at Winter Fire School. Dave, you're at Winter Fire School. Um, Elaine, you know, mm-hmm. was up there, and you know, and so you see, you know, you you see these classrooms, right? I'd walk by a classroom and I'd see like aggressive in the title, and the classroom would be packed full of people, and I'd look at the instructor and I'm like, yeah. you know, the you know, he and he all he's doing is is essentially showing the same fire videos or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, using, you know, maybe using some vulgar language or, you know, it's that, it's that, it's that mentality, right. Of like, and I'm not saying aggressive is bad, but it's that it's, it kind of frustrated me. And I always, you know, from talking to people and, and even reading things, the term aggressive in my eyes, at least got correlated to those companies or firefighters that were, that were running, you know, 25 fires a day, which is not reality for anybody in the United States uh, for the most part. Um, and so then it became unattainable for the 95% of American firefighters uh, to become aggressive, right, in, in their eyes, right? I, well, I, you know, I go to, you know, I'm a small-town America. How do I become aggressive if I don't go to a, a fire every day? Or I'm a volunteer firefighter, and I want to be an aggressive company officer, but I don't go to fires, you know, maybe four fires a year. How do you become, I guess I can't be aggressive. So it became this unattainable goal, yet that was the goal of the American Fire Service was to be aggressive. So I took a look at it. I wrote down my thoughts, um, wrote it into an article that will be in the Fire Engineering uh, magazine this March, so right now, um, and, and really dissected the term aggressive into some fundamental aspects. And so, you know, if you want to be aggressive, I, I kind of I broke it down. Well, you know, just like anything you want to do, you got to have a plan. And so, I, you know, I start, I talk about, you know, what does it take to be aggressive? And it's not, it's not going on a fire every day. Now, can you become aggressive that way? Sure, because you're going to get on-the-job training. You're going to learn from your mistakes on a constant basis, and you're going to learn what, right, what goes right what goes wrong. <clears throat> and we all know the problem with that is, is that, you know, that Swiss, hold, that, that Swiss cheese effect, if, you know, things go right for a while and then the holes line up because you really didn't learn the right way, you just learned what kind of worked. Um, so, you know, we talk about planning and, and what that looks like and, and you know, it talks about I, I, I go into some, you know, at a company level and in an in a, in a organization level, you know, how do we get people to buy into things and, and talk about respect and mutual respect and values and, you know, behavior and accountability and what does accountability look like in the fire service and not just on scene accountability, but, you know, why do we tuck our shirts in? You know, silly stuff like that. Why do we? Why? Why do we? Why do we still do those things? Why do we have policies? You're not going to force them. Don't have them. So we talk about some of that stuff, um, and then we, you know, yeah. So then, you know, so that's the planning aspect of it. Um, get into some of how how people react, right? So I talk, you know, in the in the class, we talk about like, you know, why why do you come into work? Like, you know, why why are we on this call right now? Why are why, are, why is tomorrow morning, why, Larry, you're going to put a uniform on and go to Council of Illinois as the deputy chief of training? Well, one, mm-hmm. you know, you maybe have a mortgage, right? So uh, uh, Larry does, and he's independently wealthy. But, uh, you know, for the normal, <laughs> right. the normal, the normal person, right, they got, they got bills to pay and stuff like that. But, you know, we, we dive into that. And it's not so much, you know, your pay, your, your things you own. The value is, is, is what can I contribute? And, you know, I want, you know, we all get up and go to work, and we do what we do because at the end of the day, I want to provide value to myself, value to my team, and value to my community. And the fire service clicks all those boxes. And so, you know, getting back to that 
And when you got people that are running astray in your in your company that, you know, well, look at the last time they provided value, right? When's the last time you had a fire? You know, when's the last time you, you had a good training? When's the last time you let them lead a training? And so, uh, you know, talking about that sort of stuff, talking about, you know, obviously, you know, the, the culture of the stations, um, expectations, policies, SOPs, SOGs, you know, open, honest communications, you know, yada, yada. Then, then we get into some, you know, fireground stuff, you know, because obviously, you know, we know, you know, it's all, it's all nice and, and, you know, and sunny and smiley um, until we get to the fire. And so, you know, you, you know, we're going to be aggressive, but we also want to be aggressive with the fire ground. And so that's going to take training and it's going to take some, you know, answer action reports and PIAs and, and all those sort of things. Um, and so we talk about that too. And so mm-hmm. in the end, it, it's, a, it's a myriad of topics that all come together that again, you know, just like kind of the speech thing, uh, give you a foundation which, you know, you can go back to your company, your department, your organization, whatever it might be, whatever level of impact you have, um, and, and take some key takeaways to make your department better, make your company better, and lead you to that, quote, unquote, aggressive idea that you want to be. Mm-hmm. So you you just take an aggressive and I don't want to say redefined it, just yeah. made sure that it was defined correctly because mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. it's been it's been defined mm-hmm. clarifying it but I like that. I like that because because you know and, and the reason I like that the way you came with that is because we live in a world now where buzzwords, clickbait, you know, these mm-hmm. kind of things just rule things. You know, people don't have to know mm-hmm. facts anymore. They don't know history. Mm-hmm. They don't I, I used to get a kick out of school just learning the history of, or the origin of a word, you know, the Latin mm-hmm. meaning of it or what, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, okay, well, that's why we use it in this way now, or that's the term that, uh, okay, I get it now. And maybe it relates to how other words are formed, too. I learned that mm-hmm. big time when I was in paramedic school. It was like, you know, um, uh, peri, pericardial, you know, like peri was <laughs> – was the was the outer or the perimeter, you know, and then Carly was the you know so you know so I'm just saying you learn the history of words and and why they work together. So having said that, along those lines, I like the way you taking the word you know somebody just heard the word aggressive mm-hmm. and then their mm-hmm. picture in their mind that meant you know hero music come on they see a burning building and then they just kick in the door and go get it. Well, you know, mm-hmm. did you do a 360? Nope. Did you uh, do this? Nope. Did you do that? Nope. I just went in and got it. Uh, uh, was there a report of people trapped? Nope. Um, did you did you see the side seat was totally collapsed? Nope. You know, I just went in because why? Because I'm aggressive, you know. And then, <laughs> when you, like you said, when you have people who don't have a lot of fires and they finally get one and then they have that aggressive mentality, they can't wait to to uh, use it. And they may not be using it the best way. And they don't realize that mm-hmm. aggressive really means, you know, how well do you train and, and, and how well uh, how, how well do you present your department and how well do you um, do the necessary things to make sure that you do things the best way possi- possible. It's not just this one uh, Step your foot on the accelerator and go without any kind of um, precursor, if you will, to 
um, aggressively getting prepared for it or doing those aggressive little things that keep your senses heightened. You know, you might hear a creak and say, you know what, that's a funny feeling. That sounds like a possible building collapse or, or whatever the case may be. And then you know how to aggressively, you know, get, get yourself out of that situation if possible. So, uh, so I mean, that, that's, that's a great way to kind of redefine things to make sure we just not falling for the buzzword and then acting or reacting in a lot of cases erroneously um, to that to that buzzword, you know. But also yeah, that's, aggressive that was my, is, is, is done. I'm sorry, right quick. Aggressive no, is also, like you said, I'm glad that you redefined it because it really is about zealously being effective. You know what I mean? And how you, how, well, you ask yourself how effective you are as opposed to, so it's like when we talk in the uh, class about the difference between productivity and activity. Like you can do a lot of stuff and do it with a lot of, a lot of zeal and, you know, um, and that kind of thing. But are you being effective? Uh, are you setting yourself up to get the best outcome uh, each time? Are you um, using all of your resources properly to, to be effective on the on the encounters you do have, the number then becomes irrelevant. The, the effectiveness becomes more the thing. So, um, you know, what I hear this uh, being is a thing that sort of brings us back to honing in on, on that notion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, when I've done this class before, and I always started the same as, you know, we talked a little bit, and I said, so what does aggressive actually mean to you? And, you know, the audience, you know, the, the, the class will, it'll, it'll start out the same, right? It'll be like, oh, the guys that go to jobs, the firefighters that make the, the, the grabs. And it's the same words, right? It's the jobs, the grabs, uh, making the hookups. It, it's all those buzzwords, right, that, you know, that are there. But, to, you know, Larry, like you were saying, that you got to say to be relevant in today's fire service to, to right. talk to talk. And so then mm-hmm. and I say, okay, well, does that really mean anything if you don't go to those jobs, make the grabs, can you not be aggressive? And everybody's like, well, and I said, I don't think so. For me, I, I said, you know, aggressive means, and I always, this is an acronym, but seeing the, seeing the emergency scene for what it is. And when I say mm-hmm. that is, it's safe, efficient, effective operations. So mm-hmm. seeing is safe, efficient, effective. And so like what David was saying is, you know, it's the same thing, right? It's safe, effective, and efficient mm-hmm. operations to be able to mitigate whatever situation your company is, is, enti- is uh, engaged in. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what I would think if I'm a, you know, John Q. Public, that's what I want out of my company. I don't care about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, banners on the side of the trucks. I don't care about, mm-hmm. you know, fancy tattoos or, 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 or T-shirts or any of that stuff. All cool. I'm mm-hmm. not knocking it. Um, I'm really more concerned with can you really operate and can you function at a high level when they need you to? Yeah, David talked about that. Go ahead. Go ahead, David. <laughs> you know, stop interrupting me while I'm not. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I was just thinking of the term aggressive that has, you know, a meaning that <clears throat> a lot of people think of in a certain way. And so... It was really, it's really good to see how you can apply it, and it might not even have the same impact or the same definition that the person is thinking, that you're teaching, that you're talking to. 
Because mm-hmm. if you have a lot of times you have a negative, you can have a negative connotation. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's cool that you're using a term and giving it, you know, another side to be looked at. Mm-hmm. But but it also is indicating uh, effectiveness, you know, uh, uh, effective aggression. Right. Exactly. David and I, uh, and David, usually this is his statement when we teach him glue about being um, efficient and effective. And they want you kind of sound on that a bit. But that's kind of some of, kind of, you know, it's, it's along the same lines of what Brian was talking about. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you've got to have the balance between that, like you said, uh, like she was saying that the public wants you to just get there and be effective. I don't care how you put the fire out or I don't care how you mitigate this medical emergency. I just want it solved and, and, and dealt with, you know. And um, But a lot of times the um, municipalities or the leadership, they – focus a lot on efficiency. Do you have uh, proper equipment? Is it in the proper working order? Do you have a system in place where we can maximize uh, the our response to calls and that kind of thing? So uh, to set you up to be effective. And the people who have to do this, uh, the guys and girls on the front line, um, have to balance that efficiency and effectiveness and you know the problem is when you when you have an imbalance between those two things and and looking at the word aggressive the wrong way can create that imbalance you usually form this gap between what's supposed to happen and what actually happens and a lot of times the the bad part is you know the people you're supposed to be helping uh or sometimes firefighters themselves fall in that gap and and you know, catastrophe mm-hmm. ensues, and so you got to maintain that balance, and that's important. So it sounds like a great class. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, what, what what really helps with that is that when we do change that paradigm, as uh, uh, Chief Zeitz is doing in his class, so that we change the paradigm, um, uh, uh, you maximize your aggressiveness, aggressiveness at that point because you understand mm-hmm. the job, you understand what's needed, and then you understand how to properly execute all of this instead of uh, uh, waiting for something to happen and then you think aggressive is going to naturally kick in. Aggressive is the little things that you do to to, to where aggressive just becomes part of your DNA without you having to start it from scratch, so to speak. You know? mm-hmm. uh, when, when my daughter Chelsea ran track, when she ran track, we used to go to the gym every morning. We do all these exercises that I've learned from her coaches and just doing research, and there was a lot of stuff that helped with her quick steps and a lot of stuff that helped with exercising muscles she didn't know she had. So by the time she hit the track, you know, people who were sleeping while she was working out, they had to, like, you know, kind of pull their aggression from zero and try to, mm-hmm. you know, run and, 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 and perform. Chelsea was just became naturally aggressive in her performance because of what she did in the downtime. She was aggressive about stuff that people didn't didn't see, you know. So when mm-hmm. people come up and they show up and they kind of pulling it from zero, they had a lot of catching up to do, you know. So when you 
or maximizing it with your with your departments and with your teams and, and things of that sort. Aggressive just becomes something that is who you are and not what mm-hmm. you advertise that you are because it sounds good, mm-hmm. sounds cool. And like you said, they got the T-shirt and the tattoos and, <laughs> and, and, and all that, you know. We're part of the aggressive team. We, we're the Aggies, you know, sharp or aggressive, you know. So, uh, so I'm just mm-hmm. saying, but, uh, but they, 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 everything they do, even like like you said, the majority of their, their, their busy um, um, departments, but a lot of departments just don't run like a lot of inner urban departments do. And, and I like what you said. So what does that make you if you're somewhere who don't run? You you need to be there because the taxpayers or the volunteer organization has expectations of the fire protection. But if you don't get it, then are you – you know what? We just ain't going to do the aggressive things and we don't get no runs. You need to be aggressive about the the things that get, have that, that feed your readiness. And you're aggressive mm-hmm. about things that feed your readiness. That's just as aggressive as, like you said, doing it, making a grab – and all that stuff. So by the time, you know, when it does happen, if it happens less frequent with your department or more frequent, uh, you're ready to save lives and property, you know. That kind of, what you, with with the vision you were talking about, Chief. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I used to volunteer at a department in uh, uh, southwest Missouri, uh, the tourist town. You can probably put two or two together. and, you know, I would do training with those, uh, with those firefighters down there. It's great people, great people. And so I always told them, I said, you know, you're in a tourist town. They were all volunteer. And, uh, and so, you know, when, when the tourist comes to town, that tourist doesn't know that they're a volunteer fire department, right? So, like, when somebody from Manhattan shows up in St. Louis or Manhattan shows up in Collinsville or Kirkwood or wherever, right, they expect the firefighters to be after and why. They don't know any different. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what they're looking right. for. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they just, right. they just assume that's what it is. And so I, you know, I always used to say, it's like, you know, our call volume as a volunteer agency is not an excuse for passive firefighting. We will be aggressive right. because we'll be smart and we'll know what to do. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and when you have that, you know, the, the spirit, of, the, you know, that amongst the, the group, um, you know, anything's possible. So that's what this class mm-hmm. is all about. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done it a few times now. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very interactive, um, and so it's – but it, gets that, it gives you the tools to take back to your department to really cl- clearly define aggressive in your organization and then build yourself that aggressive company um, that's actually functional. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good stuff, mm-hmm. good stuff. Well, I think uh, anybody goes to your you know, you know what day and time your class is? It's uh, Monday afternoon from one uh, thirty to five thirty. Okay, so you got a pre-conference. Cool. Yep. Yeah, four-hour mm-hmm. pre-conference. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure anybody who comes to class is going to walk out um, mm-hmm. knowing knowing the difference and knowing how to properly apply um, mm-hmm. that aggressive their aggressive behavior. You know, and so yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, so uh, we talked about some ISFSI stuff. Tell us, tell us what's going on with the with the ISFSI and uh, um, what they're going to be doing at FDIC and when the so that everybody really wants to know when when's the social. That's what they want to know. <laughs> yeah. So, so, 
<laughs> yeah, great, great thing. Yeah, ISFSI is doing really well. Um, our, uh, we're, we're growing by leaps and bounds. Our uh, small department and large department memberships still grin, uh, depending on the size of your organization, where you fall into that, um, are, are growing, which is a fantastic thing to have. Um, our individual memberships are growing. Um, we're currently sitting right over uh, 1,800 members, uh, members strong. we got uh, presence all over the uh, United States. We just are all over the, country, oh, the world. I'm sorry. We just picked up our uh, first member from uh, Kenya, uh, the Kenyan airport. Mm. Um, got mm-hmm. on the uh, fire chief from over there. So uh, very excited about that opportunity. Right. Um, we are right in the middle of uh, de- uh, delivering our NFPA 1700 guide for structural firefighting course. It's a two day course. Uh, it'll be here mm. in St. Louis, uh, March 29th and 30th. So. Um, it's a free uh, delivery, uh, uh, fire grant funded. So uh, we are submitting for another uh, grant here soon. Uh, more to come on that. Hopefully, get awarded that. Um, been working with our uh, different partners uh, at the National Fire Academy and National uh, the National Fallen Firefighters, and, and developing some different things with them. Um, and then, of course, we'll be at FDIC like we are every year. That's our uh, that's our home. Uh, we love FBIC at the ISFSI, um, and so uh, we will be having our social event on Tuesday night. This is it's a little different this year. Um, there's a fee part, and it's required pre-registration. Um, it's a members-only event, and so uh, it's $25 uh, to register, but uh, we think it's well worth it, right? So we're going to have some uh, some special guests that will be there. Um, but the big thing is for, for the partiers, uh, it's gonna. It's a. It's a, it's a basically a you know a, a reception hall, very nice reception hall. It's a little fancier formal event, um, but there'll be a catered food and then an open bar. So uh, you know, you know, no longer the, you know like we used to do the one drink ticket. Hey, go get your beer, and then what do you do for three hours and stand around without a drink? So um, yeah. we're doing that this year. Uh, it's a little different idea, but uh, uh, talking to our members and that sort of thing, uh, we decided to uh, to roll that out. So. Uh, it's been received pretty well. Um, we got pretty good uh, enrollment so far, and we expect uh, to even have uh, even more people as we get closer to FDIC. Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, Larry. I think you were involved in the last one. We have uh, culminated our five years with FDI with the uh, ISFSI on our strategic plan, accomplishing many of the goals and the objectives we set out to, to get in the last five mm-hmm. years. And so uh, we will be uh, embarking on that project the fall of this year. Um, having another mm-hmm. strategic planning session, and then uh, basically developing that five-year roadmap for us uh, for the future growth, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, God willing, uh, and, uh, you know, the votes come in, uh, I'm going to uh, announce it here first, but uh, i run for the president of ISFSI uh, for the 24th through 26th session. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, assuming, uh, assuming I can vote, and maybe I get the Conley brothers to support me and Mrs. Conley, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully that works, and uh, look forward to continuing with ISFSI and uh, leading them. Uh, hopefully, uh, into some more stuff. But uh, yeah, it's going really well. Like I said, you know, we're excited about the FDIC. Um, obviously, very sad to see uh, see Bobby to, to see Bobby pass, and we had a great relationship. With Bobby um, spoke with Chief Rhodes a couple times, and you know, excited about the opportunities that are going to be afforded with FDIC and those sort of things, and just want to keep that strong partnership alive um, between the two organizations. Um, like I said, ISMSI and FDIC have, have long been partners together, and, and you know, ISMSI is where the instructors are, and FDIC is where the instructors teach. So it only makes sense to the two uh, two co-brand. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great, it's a great partnership, mm-hmm. great branding. I've been in a lot of behind the scenes meetings over the years, and you know, I didn't realize the relationship or or how much you know planning and, and, and vision it took um, until I was on the board and was privy to some of the meetings. And uh, man, I'm gonna tell you that uh, the reason they both are as successful as they are is because. Um, they're very uh, big visionaries in both organizations, and then the vision. They only have their vision, then they um, they they make things happen based on their vision. They're they're aggressive in <laughs> the ex- ex- execution uh, mm-hmm. of the vision to, to make sure that that they're not only um, uh, instructors are equipped with what they need to teach the fire service. But we are up on the cutting edge of things that are going to make firefighting better, uh, firefighters, and firefighting safer. And uh, and when I say safer, don't get me wrong. I know people say, oh, firefighting ain't safe. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about preventable dumb stuff, you know, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, firefighting, you, you scared to get burned, get hurt, or die. Don't be a firefighter. So I've been, I worked in St. Louis for 30 years, and and so we had an aggressive and well, aggressive interior attack uh, department, and um, and now working in Collinsville, uh, it's the same mentality. You know, when it's time to go get it, it's time to go get it. But uh, but there are a lot of preventable things that once the NIOSH report comes back, or you do after action. Um, um, discussions about what happened if somebody got hurt and things like that. If it's an act of God that no matter what you what you could have done wouldn't have prevented the uh, the entry of death, that's one thing that comes with the territory of being a firefighter. But there are so a lot of things out there that just you know, just get overlooked, not thought of as important and then those are the things that you end up, you know, getting hurt or getting, um, you know, or worse. And then mm-hmm. your family suffers, the department suffers, and and you suffer, you know. And mm-hmm. if you had to do it all over again, you wouldn't have done that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about when I say safe, not safe in a way that there's a safe way to run into a burning building and save life and property. I'm just talking about as far as doing preventable, you know, dumb stuff that people do, but the, they think the ends justify the means. So they say, well, it's just a dangerous job. It's already a dangerous job inherently. We don't need to add to it, add more sprinkles to it, you know, to 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 you know increase our chances of uh, of preventable, uh, you know, stuff. So that's that's that's. That's the issue a lot of times. But places yeah. like FDIC, places, things like organizations like ISFSI, uh, when you really lean into the missions, um, all they're, they're really trying to do is make sure that we do our job the best way we can. Yeah. So, that's why I love Brian. being a part of it. Brian? Yes. What made you want to become a firefighter to begin with? So that's an interesting question. So uh, my, I, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> growing up, uh, no, 
I, you know, I, growing up, I had on my father's side of the family, my uncle Bob, who was pretty influential in me growing up. Um, he was a fire was uh, retired as a captain out of the Creek Corps. And so, uh, you know, I kind of saw that as an opportunity. I, I knew probably for me now, of course, I say this because I sit behind a desk. Um, I didn't think I could do the 40-hour the desk job thing. I just, you know, I, I was, it was just not for me. Uh, and so I, I wanted something a little more, um, you know, life to it, I guess you'd say. So, uh, you know, at, at, you know, 14, 15 years old, I started this, you know, that junior firefighter program. And, um, yeah, and kind of took off from there with the medic school, got hired, and uh, kind of the rest is history. And then, ironically, so my last name I had in my dad's side of the family, Dites. And then, uh, you know, it, it wasn't until, you know, I started doing some, some looking and stuff like that, I found out that my mom's side of the family, um, and she's a Schumert, uh, but her grandfather was a Zerwesta, uh, another Z, which is weird on my mom's side, was a firefighter in 1908 in Webster Groves. So did some did some... Yeah, so did some research on that. Uh, talked to my grandma before she passed, and found some pictures, and so ended up uh, got his picture driving a horse-drawn fire truck in the cobblestone streets of Webster Groves. Got his old fire hat. Um, found a picture with a transition from horses to ox. Um, trans- I got his badges. I got his 1908 pulley manual. Um, so kind of history on both sides, I guess, kind of led me down that proverbial path. I would not knowing the mom's side of the family, but then my uncle, uh, very influential. I always tell him I was the son he didn't have because he's got three girls, three daughters. Um, I said, I'm the son you didn't have. So, um, yeah, that's kind of it, you know, and, you know, I, I like math. I was, my brother, Mike, uh, is a CPA and we always joked mm-hmm. that we we're going to open up Z squared, a couple CPA firms. Cause I like doing math and that sort of stuff, <laughs> the nerdy side of me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of it. Well, ask you a question because uh, that's kind of some of that's kind of the, what the root of your um, message too. Yep. <laughs> you yep. Know, what fuels your message is your um, your journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. You, you know, when you look at people like you know, I'm you know, in high school doing the junior thing and, and going to trainings and drills and things and you know, kind of set myself mm-hmm. up for this, you know, career. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people go through high school, even through college, and they're just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And, you know, 15 yeah. years old, this is, all, this is all I'll ever do. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of different. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I like hearing those stories, too, why the, why the people decide to do it, you know. And uh, I need that job. But, but, no, but seriously, mm-hmm. uh I, I, I stumbled upon something. God, God was definitely watching, watching me. Because I ended up stumbling upon something that I fell in love with. I didn't know. It's just like the hours sounded good to me. I wish I had those stories about, you know, traditionally my dad or my uncle or somebody who I knew was a firefighter and that inspired me to be. And I can be, you know, watching them fight a fire and the, the ceiling comes down on the helmet comes out. And I pick it up, and I'm on the cover like that. You know, it, it, you know, it, 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 I don't have that story, you know. But, but I am glad that um, I became a firefighter. I'm glad I rose through the ranks, uh, not so much for the reason of 
most people would like to, but just because it just gives me the opportunity to help more people and we're in the helping people business in the first place. And if we can find ways to continue to help our own via instruction and and, and, and doing things the way we do, uh, it just makes it even better for our, for our uh, respective teams and all. Um, let me see. All, all my notes I got, let me see, I covered you know, Brian. Uh, he's <laughs> this and there, the cat that I don't get over the um, got the social, got the drinking, got the open bar, got the class, got the keynote. <laughs> I think, I think, I think oh it's pretty much everything oh I want to go over with you there. You know, and, uh, <laughs> the only thing left is for us to do our, our annual pre-lunch that we do with uh, uh, Chief Wright, Chief Silvernail, and I think we're going to try to get Chief Overman this year and uh, do our annual pre, pre, um, pre-FDIC luncheon because we know once we get there, and we hate to say this, but we say it because we love him and we hope he includes us. We lose Chief Silvermill when we get to FDIC. I don't know why. I don't even think. <laughs> I, well, I, it's, it's, I got two letters, F and V. He wrote them both on Step Up and Lead. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, you put the rest right, of it together. Right, right, right. You put it together. You, you, for, if, if, for those who look at, uh, for, for smart people, you know, just, Think of those two letters, F and V, and then it's, it's over there, you know. And then uh, 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 gets the FDIC, he steps up, and, and then Brian, and I have to, we have to step down. You know, we, we had to eat the White Castle, and so uh, somebody said, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, in a fancy restaurant somewhere, you know. So, no, but seriously, uh, the Missouri cadre is really, uh, is really out. I want. I was gonna start naming names, but I think there are more names that I've got on my in my brain. I don't want to say them without slighting them, but you know who you are, and uh, and making me very proud with your uh, teaching and and your contribution to the fire service and 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 teaching the FDIC. Um, Missouri is well represented at FDIC, so I just want to uh, say thank you to all of you who put the time in to. Because uh, uh, Chief Chief Zeiss knows and David and I know, uh, you know what you see when we get to FDIC comes from a lot of preparation, the hard work, and practice, and, and and late nights and things like that to prepare to speak for those few minutes. You know, it takes a, a lot of minutes to prepare to speak for those few minutes and try to um, hopefully make an impact in firefighters' lives who. Who we feel humbled that people come to our classes and come to see what we've got mm-hmm. to say, and that's that's very humbling experience. So it's not about um, being in front of everybody and all that kind of stuff. It's about um, the preparation it takes to serve who in the audience, and then come back home and continue to serve who are in our departments. You know. I, I'm blessed now to do the deputy chief job in Collinsville, Illinois, but I definitely don't look at it as a, as a boss move. I look at it as like now I have a bigger platform to serve and to to give <laughs> and to make make um, uh, the firefighters in Collinsville better um, through you know what I have to offer through training and service. And when you look at it like that. And, and believe it like that and understand that that's how it is. 
then you don't get too big for your britches and people truly get get the service they need. And ultimately, when the firefighters get the service and training they need, the, the, the citizens win. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about when we talk about, you know, we want the citizens to win. That that's how they win. Is is how we are prepared. We are our, our optimum readiness is how prepared they are. Speaking of optimum readiness, be sure to see it. Check uh, check out our class, Proven Leadership Habits for Optimum Personal <laughs> Performance, which will be at FDIC <laughs> on Thursday, on the twenty seventh, between three thirty and five fifteen. Shameless plug, but uh, but make sure you turn yeah. out, uh, yeah. and uh, we'll be there and check out Keith uh, Zeit's class. And um, mm-hmm. um, and just come on, like I said at the beginning, come on down, have a great time. Uh, we'll be glad to meet you, and uh, and and just you know make this. Uh, this is going to be a. Uh, if if you weren't planning on coming, make sure you come this year, because if you know anything about Chief Bobby Hall and the legacy that he did in this 18 years, um, mm-hmm. there will never be a year after Bobby has passed. Um, FDIC. Everything else is going to be subsequent after that. So uh, it's going to be the dawn of a new beginning, uh, maybe sooner than Bobby wanted, but and definitely sooner probably Chief David Rose was taking. Like, oh, I got a couple of years. Oh, damn. <laughs> right now? <laughs> so, uh, so, but I got a lot of faith in the leadership. I got a lot of faith in Diane. I got a lot of faith in, in uh, Chief Rose. And I got a lot of faith in everyone involved in Clarion, the Clarion organization that puts this all together. Um, You can't do anything this big for this long without having a top-notch team to put together. It's a lot to put this production on. It's a lot for a whole week. There's a lot to fly and get instructors in. There's a lot to organize the rooms. There's a lot to have the permits and and and. It's a lot. I bet if I talk to Chief Ernie Malone, he'll say it's a lot. <laughs> he'll be like, "How's it? It's a lot." You know? So, um, so anyway, but so I have mad respect. We 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 got it easy, so to speak. We show up. We show up where they tell us to be. We show up at the hotel they tell us to be. We show up at, at the at the room or where the venue we teaching. We do what we gotta do. We go to classes, other classes, and learn from them. Uh, we buy cool stuff and we go to socials and you know we do all this stuff based on somebody else's hard work and making sure it's available. So, um, so anyway, just if, if, if nobody tells you guys enough, um, mm-hmm. we appreciate you. I, I appreciate you, you know. But anyway, let's wrap this thing up. Chief uh, uh, got a. Uh, we want him to get plenty of sleep between now. And the, and the end of April, so we don't want to keep them up to date. Like, Man, if I wasn't on the phone in college all night, I would be up here yawning on stage. It's y'all fault. Y'all fault. David and Larry, sabotage. Right. Sabotage. You know. Set uh, me up. Uh, right. Set me up. You know. But now, uh, uh, Brian got it covered. Uh, I would say, I used to say Brian got it covered from A to Z, but the first thing is Brian, so. Uh, he, he fell a little short. So he got cut from from B to Z, you know. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but your name is Brian. Your name is Brian Zeit. You got cut from B to Z, you know. Right. So, <laughs> but uh, 
But anyway, let's uh let's let's wrap it up. Uh, parting words from Chief Sykes, uh, David, uh, Mommy Lane, and then I'll, I'll bet clean up on that. So, uh, Chief, write to me any parting words, but uh, no, I think we're good. I, you know, it's always fun talking to you guys. Look forward to FDAC, and you know, thanks for the time tonight. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. David. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always, brother. We, you know, we rooting for you. Uh, you appreciate you know, your family. Your family. So we pulling for you, and um, we'll get up there and help you do the old soft show if we need to. You know what I mean? You start <laughs> forgetting the line. Forgetting the line. We'll go yeah. do a little two step here. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm I'm believing in you. I got all confidence. I'm excited to see you knock it out the park. Um, and so, and and so looking already looking forward to celebrating afterwards. You're a class act, and we know it. And anybody who's ever uh, sat under your, you know, your leadership or your in, in a class of yours knows. Um, but anybody who's ever hung out with you knows too. So the rest of the folks at FDIC are just about to find out. So uh, you definitely want to be there. You want to hear what he's got to say. You don't want to miss it. I'm looking forward to it. Go get him. Well, I'm proud of you, and uh, I think you've done a good job. When I look at your resume, I didn't realize that um, you had all of these accomplishments. I mean, I knew you had some, but this is very impressive. But uh, you're a great person. Uh, You're one of my favorite persons that I've met along the way in this journey that my son took to become a firefighter and be a firefighter. And, And I know you're just going to... Take it to the wild when you get up there and do your keynote speech, and uh, it's just going to be a a summation of who you really are. All along, I'm reading your resume, and I see how you did do, take aggression and use it properly. And so that's the same thing you're going to be doing when you make your speech, and the same thing you will continue to do in your career. And so I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. And I usually say stuff to you, you know, but that's just between me and you. But anyway, but since <laughs> <laughs> we're on the call, I'm trying to be, you know, respectful. <laughs> but no, for real, seriously, I'm very proud of you and your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you being a friend. I uh, appreciate us being um, always 100 with each other and helping each other out when we can. Um, and um, um, I was going to say, uh, when Mommy Lane was talking, she was saying, no, I forget. They forget that you did with old people. They forget. Okay. You know, you I got to say, thank you for being a friend. Right, right, right. Exactly. Right, right. You know. But, yeah, but no, we, like I said, we'll be, we're definitely going to be pulling for you. And uh, and Bobby knew what he was doing uh, to pick you to um, to do this uh, keynote speech because you know Bobby mm-hmm. might he might he, he might have people that he cool with his favorites of his or whatever but if he didn't think that you can deliver mm-hmm. he was not going to put you in that position and I respected mm-hmm. him about that you know he didn't put yeah. you and he might not there have been people out there I've had private conversations with Bobby I've been doing them a long time. There are people, some people he almost didn't necessarily care for. So, 
so to speak. They, mm-hmm. Maybe they had different political views or different, uh, uh, you know, whatever the differences were. But if he thought that they knew what they were talking about or they were good for the prior service, he knew he was a master of putting those differences aside and letting um, that person shine if he had to have something to do with, you know, there was some partnership there. So um, mm-hmm. so I always appreciate that because that was a thing that we definitely could always use in the firehouses. You know, we got this cancer culture and everything that's so prevalent these days, and, and some of it is trying to really infect the fire service and our firehouses, and uh, we just can't let that happen because at the end of the day, you go, we go, may sound like a movie quote, but it's supposed to be for real, and uh, and we can't really manifest that if if I'm if we got differences that separate us to the point to where we can't have each other's backs, you know. So um, so I know that you got my back, I got your back. We have always had had that, and this um and and this journey of feeding each other along this this um um career we call the fire service. And um, you and Jim were instrumental in me aspiring to finish my degree and put myself in a position to um, to get the deputy chief job. And you all were huge in that influence, whether you know it or not. Uh, you know, because I was just doing things as a as a gangster captain from mm-hmm. <laughs> North St. Louis, <laughs> North St. Louis. You know, and uh, just you know doing it like that. But you all opened my eyes to like Larry does. There's some there's I mean, you're doing good, you're doing cool, but there's there's mm-hmm. a little bit more out there if you just stretch and when I made the stretch then um uh, um the opportunity was there and you guys were um planting that seed and that vision was big and that so I'm always appreciate that from you guys and uh and, and so keep doing it and I'm gonna keep doing it and a lot of it based on, on you. My good friend Brian Zates, <laughs> better known better known as better known as Zates, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we're gonna see you. We're gonna see you um, soon for the lunch and see you at, at the FDIC. And uh, let's go up there and, and make make Bobby proud, but um, even mm-hmm. more, let's go up there and serve serve who we run into, so we can learn something from the people we run into. And then we can also leave something um, that can help them with their lives as well. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, mm-hmm. appreciate your brother, love you, and that's all I got to say about that. So, um, mm-hmm. we'll see you um, at FDIC. David and I are going to be doing our show live from FDIC. Can't wait to do that. That's always very fun. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, one year we uh, we even had um, Brian on the show live up there at uh, mm-hmm. one time. That was that was cool. Yeah, yeah, lower, yeah. That, yeah. rated show, yeah. but but yeah, no, we had a, we had a good time with that. So, uh, but we'll be up there again this year and uh, and doing that. I think they're doing a little uh, uh, like from the emails I got from Peter from Bill. A little little different twist this year. I think you're gonna be a see see uh, see us doing it in a di- in a different location or, or something. So I'm looking forward to that experience. Um, they're gonna have a tribute to Bobby, I think, on Wednesday night um, at 5:30. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward, interesting in how to open the ceremonies are going to go. Uh, so looking forward to that. And just looking forward to just hanging out for a week with a bunch of people who love the job. It's, as Dave Dabowski, who's the president of the Muddy River Schools, always say, it's okay to love the job. And whatever that means mm-hmm. in the culture, in the culture of people sometimes try to make you feel guilty about mm-hmm. loving the job. It's okay mm-hmm. to love the job, and I totally agree with that. I still yeah. love the job, um, even at this age and this part of my uh, my part of my career. I still love the job, and um, it's done a lot for me in more ways than I can uh, talk about. So. But we'll see you at FDIC. That's when our next show is going to be, and then we'll have a show shortly after that with another great guest talking all things leadership. Um, but until then, um, stay safe, stay aggressive, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and stay aggressive in the right way. Really, really study that yeah. point that yeah, she's right, brother. Really. Really study that. I like that. I'm going to meditate on that some more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we can really put aggressive in its proper place so we can mm-hmm. do our job uh, 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 more and more effectively, more effective and more efficient. So uh, I like that. I'm gonna, uh, if I get a chance, I'm going to sit in on this so I can take some more notes and glean some more knowledge from that philosophy. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, we appreciate it. And we'll see. Everybody at FDIC, I think Dave and I got a few dates, uh, so check our website and check the Facebook page of where we're going to be with Larry and David in the world. We've had some last mm-hmm. classes last couple of months been really, really good. So, um, so check us out. I think we got maybe one or two more before FDIC, but um, check us out at www.gluenationldc.com. Check us out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There's always some weird going on on Facebook with us and where we are and all that kind of stuff. Just just, just two brothers from North St. Louis having a good time spreading the love in the industry of, of yeah, personal yeah. leadership. That's all we do. That's all we do. That's all it is. This is all love, baby. This is all love. We, we, we love what we love. So we just give the love. And, and thank, thank, thank God for Mommy Lane for birthing us into the world, you know. So well, well over... Well over 50 years ago. Uh, you know, so uh, thing right, right there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is this thing on? Hello. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, stay safe. We'll see you guys next time on the Larry Conley Radio Show. Later. Good night, all. Bye, Brian. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.